Hey, everyone, want to tell you about an incredible company called Air Doctor Pro. You can go to airdoctorpro.com, use the promo code Fasting for Life to receive up to $300 off one of their amazing air filters. Um, by supporting them, you're supporting us and the show. I want to tell you an incredible testimony. We now know that the indoor air is two to five, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted um, than the outdoor air, according to the EPA. And my son has been struggling with sleep. He hasn't slept. He's over two years old. He hadn't slept through the night his entire life. My wife and I had done everything. We could not figure it out. We put an Air Doctor Pro in his room, and I am not kidding. The first night he slept through the night, up he went over 30 nights in a row for the first time ever, sleeping through the night. We don't know what it did or what was in the air because we've had our house tested but whatever it's doing is allowing him to rest and sleep peacefully for the first time. And for that, it is absolutely priceless. Air Doctor Pro comes with 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund. Minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use the promo code FASTINGFORLIFE to receive up to $300 off any of their air purifiers exclusive to podcast customers. You'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in the special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com. Use the promo code Fasting for Life. Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. Excited for the challenge that we've got coming up tomorrow. So you are not too late. You are right on time. If you're looking for more support to level up your fasting, master your fasting skills, get some new reps, break that plateau. Boom, we got you covered. Link is in the show notes. Click the link, get signed up. We'll see on the inside. Tommy, I'm excited for today's conversation as we've kind of navigated the holidays and now we're into the end of the first one twelfth of the year here. And we've talked about, you know, holiday weight gain and how to, you know, navigate the holidays and, you know, New Year's resolutions and mindset and willpower and discipline and all Mm -hmm. of the things in the, you know, the busiest month of the gyms that we'll have throughout the calendar year. We want to talk about where you will be a year from now, where you will be beginning with the end in mind. So we're going to take some polling information that we have, thousands of people that we've asked. We're going to combine it with a question from one of our Rockstar VIP coaching members. And then we're also going to tie it into today's article that we are going to dive into, which is in the Eating and Weight Disorder Journal, came out just recently in October of 2023, is binge eating associated with poor weight loss outcomes in people with a high body weight. Mm -hmm. And it's a systemic review with a meta-analysis. So we're talking high-level research numbers and kind of see what the population data is going to show us as well. But we want to take a soft approach to this too, because we know that from the polling and numbers that we've seen that the relationship with food is such a key component to that. So of course, excited yeah. to dive into this because we're going to give you some things that you can do that are actionable. So if you just listen to our intro, you know, we want you to walk away with something you can do today 
to adopt the fasting lifestyle. So with that, I want to welcome in all the new listeners to the Fasting for Life podcast. And if you want to know more about how fasting has transformed our lives, Tommy and myself, head back to episode one, give it a listen, and you will know why we now do what we do each and every week by providing content and value and actionable things that you can do to adopt that fasting lifestyle. So welcome mm -hmm. to the Fasting for Life fam, as we like to say, for all you OGs and all you folks that say, hey, I started, I found you haphazardly, somebody told me, stumbled upon <laughs> it, which happens a lot this time of year, shared it with a friend or family member. Heck, we even got some providers who, oh, yeah. who willingly share our podcast episodes and you say, sure. hey, I just listened to your episode, but now I went all the way back to the beginning and I've <laughs> binged it up until let's say episode 105 or I'm on episode 159 and you share your experience with us. That is exactly what we want. We want so to cool. support you. We want to help you transform, lose the weight for good um, and ultimately get the health benefits that comes along with that and exit that dieting roller coaster, that dieting mindset that we can consistently be on that you and I used to live on, Tommy, as well, yeah. which is why I'm really excited about today's conversation around this sensitive topic of binge eating and its association with poor weight loss outcomes and people with a high body weight. So I want to come from the position of going through the definitions of what is a binge eating disorder. We're not talking about clinically diagnosed bulimia right? Where you have, right. you know, purging and laxatives and all of these different, we're not talking about that. We're talking about a very generic, broad, more common than you might think. Because yeah. when I read the definition, I didn't realize that this used to be me, mm. right? Yep, me too. But mm -hmm. we find this inside of our challenges where, you know, 55, 56, 5,700 people have gone through them now. We ask this poll question often, right? Which is where we want to start the conversation today. Where is the gap between now and your goals that you're most concerned about or spend the most time thinking about when it comes to your fasting lifestyle, your weight loss, and ultimately your health goals. And the results are staggering. Every single time we drop this poll, the percentage of response that falls into the categories directly relates to what we're going to get into today. Yeah. So, you know, we, we ask choices like low confidence in my, you know, fasting schedule, my times, my, my fasting choices, what to eat, you know, between my fast, forgetting why I started like losing motivation over time mm -hmm. or not sure what my goals really are or, or, you know, where I'm aiming basically, or not sure what maintenance is going to look like. So maybe I don't have as much motivation to step on the gas, if you will, because I'm not really sure how this looks, you know, what this looks like later on down the road, which I also feel like is, is an important, you know, aspect of uh, like the beginning of the year kind of conversation too. Like right. how, how enthusiastic am I to put one foot in front of the other, you know? Or um, how long is that enthusiasm going to last yeah, for? Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. If it feels like it's going to be short lived, then A, it probably will be, but B, it doesn't feel like it's worth you know, pushing forward very hard if I don't see myself like lasting on this kind of change for a while. And so like when we talk about weight loss or, you know, health, you know, a reversal of disease processes, maintenance of health, health span, longevity, all these kind of things, then, you know, it's, it's really good to, to understand that we, we want to prioritize sustainability, our likelihood that we'll continue to be motivated, but also to be able to maintain results or potentially keep progressing and getting better results over time. So the results of the poll are that 61 to 65%, depending on the time that we asked. So basically close to two thirds of fasters that we've asked identify emotional eating or some component thereof as the biggest hurdle or the biggest like gap or frustration point or fear point that that they're thinking about 
right now. And so that that's going to be like the biggest gap between, you know, right now and then my end goals, emotional eating. And I, I feel like that ties right into the sustainability component. Will I be able to maintain these changes if I'm making food related changes? And will the results stick? Because fear of regain is also a big component of that like future, you know, painting the picture, you know, for my future self. Yeah, if we look at those numbers and we worded a few different ways, but that fear of regain, right? So that scale coming back combined mm -hmm. with the emotional eating component, right? The food relationships, right? The food yeah. component to the fasting component, because the fasting is the easy, simple part. You just don't eat. Right. Well, here often, hey, I'm doing great, but you know, when I break, when I open my window, whew, man, yeah. sometimes I lose control. Like I just, I just can't close my window. Right. Yep. We talk and about I get smacked in the, in the face with my scale, or, you know, yep. for the next few days. Right. So the, combining the emotional eating component and the fear of regain, we get into that 80% category yeah. every time we ask this poll question. Right. So we hear it often in terms of fasting. Yeah, I'm great during fasting, but now like, what do I do during, like, how do I manage this behavior? Right. And the interesting thing is when we look at and we define a binge eating disorder from Cleveland Clinic, it's the most common eating disorder that healthcare providers diagnose, although many people don't realize it's a disorder. So I am not here to diagnose anyone. Okay. okay. This is not medical advice. It is an eye-opening for me indictment on my previous behavior that used to mm. sound similar to the poll responses we get the questions we still get from new fasters or new fasting for lifers, right? Yeah. It ultimately comes down to that relationship with food or why we go to food. So it causes binge eating disorder, causes frequent episodes, usually an unusually large quantity of food in one session and, un and feeling the inability to stop, right? And mm -hmm. it's characterized yeah. by chronic compulsive overeating, right? So while occasional overeating is normal, special event, et cetera, this is something that you live with or think about often, multiple times a week up until daily. And it feels like it control you, interferes with your thoughts, your mental, emotional, and physical well-being, right? And this is the criteria. It's eating a greater amount of food than most people would within a limited period of time. Now that's subjective, but one to two hours is typically the window. Mm -hmm. Feeling a sense of compulsion or lack of control associated with eating or certain food groups. These episodes occur at least once per week and have been mm -hmm. going on for several months and feeling yeah. like distress or stress or self-loathing about it. Now we're not talking again about bulimia, nervosa, okay? We're talking about this maybe subconscious behavior where it's like, okay, you know, I'm gonna go hog wild on this buffet, right? Or I'm <laughs> gonna go into my food, I'm gonna, I already ate, but I'm gonna go eat again, right? So some of the symptoms mm -hmm. and signs are eating past the point of satisfaction, eating too fast to notice like your hunger cues or how eating makes you feel, so eating in front of a TV or screen. Mm -hmm eating large amounts of food when you're not hungry or after recently finishing a meal. Yeah, I used to do that. Yep, yep, yeah, especially for sure. Fast food. Mm -hmm. Yep, eating in response to emotional stress, emotional eating, eating alone or in secret, organizing your schedule mm -hmm. around sessions like this, hoarding or stashing food, hiding eating from others because you're embarrassed, obsessive thinking about food or specific food cravings. So we'll talk about the hedonic food scale. Frequent dieting, which may cause weight fluctuations with or without weight loss or weight regain. Yeah. And then the guilt, remorse, shame, self-esteem cycle that comes from this. So we know that in the overweight or obese category that, you know, BMI strokes health related conditions with a broad stroke. It's not a great representation of health. Sure. 
But in the BMI categories of overweight or obesity, we make 260 to 360 decisions about food every single day, consciously and subconsciously. As you go from the overweight to obese category, it's 100 more decisions a day that you make. So one session of these types of things a week puts you in this category. Again, Mm -hmm. not a diagnosis. What it is is an awareness that when we are fasting, that there is a difficulty for some and it's stress and sleep, and we'll talk about all that stuff too, emotional connection to food, the decisions you're making in that moment when it comes to the food choices that you're putting in your nutrition windows. Hmm. So what about even just the fact that we don't have to be clinically diagnosable, like, but to feel the stress or the impact or the influence of this type of like, man, just not feeling like I have full control mm-hmm. over food, food choices, food thoughts, food, you know, food cravings, all of these kind of things. And if you look at it as like a food restriction point of view, which, you know, many of us practice things like, let's say a low carb lifestyle, or we, we could have associated success and results with something like, food group restriction, you know, oftentimes carbohydrates. But if it gets to the point to where I feel like I can't even sniff a carb without putting on weight or like, like I'm I'm basically almost scared to be around them or Mm -hmm. scared to be tempted by them, then that influence just subconsciously, or if I'm very aware of it, maybe consciously kind of puts me into the category of some of the binge eating characteristics Mm -hmm. that put me into this spot. But like the encouraging thing is that across thousands of participants, what they found was that even if I'm in that bucket right there, it doesn't mean that I can't take the weight off. And that's the really empowering part of this this cool study was that I didn't have to be diagnosable, but with the influence that potentially heavy influence, you know, from those kind of thoughts and and behavioral patterns, it didn't affect the weight loss outcomes, which is like incredibly encouraging. Right. So the the main result is there was no weight loss did not differ for any of the participants, regardless of binge eating symptoms before or after the intervention. Yeah. And what I liked about the study was I'm it surprised. was a meta Yeah, right. So am yeah. I. A meta-analysis of 21. Well, when we I am and I'm not now that I'm thinking back about it, because Mm. what we found with fasting is that this gets easier and goes away. And I didn't realize that I did this, but like my wife and I used to go to CrossFit on Friday nights, do a hard workout, and then we go get barbecue and beers and just crush, right? (laughs) Like Earn the heck out of a bunch of these. (laughs) Earning that. Yeah. I'm not a dog. I don't need to earn my next meal, right? (laughs) So a meta-analysis of 21 intervention trials, including, this is what I love, randomized control trials, and non-controlled. The studies were divided into three categories by, they looked at all different types of weight loss treatment, bariatric surgery, six studies, pharmacotherapy, or alone or combined with behavioral interventions like CBT, cognitive behavioral Mm -hmm. therapy, or interpersonal behavioral therapy, et cetera, four studies, and behavioral or nutritional interventions, 11 studies. And Mm -hmm. what I love here is the follow-up duration was between 12 months or at least 12 months in about uh, almost a 60-40 split between the studies. And what it showed was Weight loss did not differ for any of the participants, like Tommy had mentioned. And some of the studies who were the full criteria of a BED or binging disorder, and others were not. It's this thought process that we see in the polls that we ask during our challenges that yeah. get this awareness to be brought from subconscious to conscious, from subconscious behavior patterns to conscious thought, where you're like, oh, wait, I do think about this. Oh, I might, mm-hmm. I, I did act in this way. I used to sometimes, you know, you know, have a little rotisserie chicken on the way home before dinner, maybe oh, yeah. a little, yeah. you know, a little Chick-fil-A run or a little breakfast right. after breakfast if, you know, I ate at home and then I had a, you mm-hmm. know, a little, little Starbucks stop. 
yep. on the way, a you know, a little in between, yeah. in between yeah. meals. Yeah. Right. Hey, fasting fam. Want to let you know about an incredible company that we've partnered with AquaTrue.com. promo code fasting for life to receive 20% off any aqua true purifier. These are not your old school um, pitcher filters or your refrigerator filters. We're talking about a proprietary four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. Their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing, which if you've priced those whole home water filtration systems, you know exactly what I'm talking about. These incredible countertop versions, they do have one under sink mounting model as well, but they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters, like I mentioned, and they're specifically designed to combat this new group of chemicals that the Environmental Working Group has done a deep dive on, these forever chemicals called PFAS or PFASs. These are in 45% of our U.S. tap water. 45%. These things can lead to endocrine system disruption, certain types of cancers, liver toxicity. And I'm so glad that there's now a countertop affordable version of this incredible technology. So as we fast, we know that water outside of a little black coffee and tea is the only thing that we drink. So if we're trying to get the biggest bang for our buck, we're trying to increase autophagy and allow our bodies to heal, shed the weight, get healthy, reverse disease, then why not give it the absolute best quality water that you can? So AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It even makes a great gift, like I mentioned, my aunt and uncle. Um, today, as one of our loyal listeners, if you support them, you're supporting us, you're going to get 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code FASTINGFORLIFE, F-A-S-T-I-N-G-F-O-R-L-I-F-E. That's 20% off any of the AquaTrue water purifiers at AquaTrue.com. But it fit my calories, it fit my macros, right? I would track it, it would all be part of the process. The encouraging thing here, what I really love is that if we look at where we started this conversation this time of year, beginning with the end in mind. We know that the statistics, we don't have a fasting, dieting, weight loss problem in this country. Six out of seven people can lose a significant amount of weight loss at any given time. Hmm. The scary statistic is that one third to two thirds of those people put the weight back on plus some. And we know that at the 12 month mark, we have a good success rate, right? At the 24 month mark, it drops down to 90%. And at the three-year mark, we have a 95. Put, they put the weight put back the on. weight back on. Yeah. And then 95% of people at the three-year mark go back to where they were, or two one to third to two thirds of them are worse off. Mm, man. So we have a sustainability problem. Yeah. We have a is this the long-term plan for you? Right? Is this something that we can get enough repetitions with? with fasting and breaking our fast or changing our fasting hours? Because this is where I love the question that came from, you know, one of our rockstar VIPs in terms of how the mindset around this, this eating behavior, this food relationship then shows itself when yeah. trying to adopt a fasting lifestyle. Yeah. And it, it also reminds me of just the fact that we oftentimes get questions about super, super long fasts. You know, it, it's almost looked at like, well, okay, once I discover fasting or I see some of the potential here, or maybe I experience some of the results, then it can feel like, okay, well, I just need to go longer and longer and longer. That, that would be better, right? Question mark. Mm -hmm. And, but that's not what we find as, as far as the actual short term results, but definitely, definitely not in the long term results because we, we've talked to 
you know, just so many people who they've done so many long fasts and, you know, the scale is up and down. It's so volatile, but then it feels impossible for them to, to keep it off. They, they still have, you know, most or all of the weight to lose or they've lost it all and then gained it all back. Because essentially, as we go longer and longer, we don't get a chance to address any of the emotional food choices or make any food related decisions. We don't get to do the harder part of the equation. Like if you think fasting is hard, try making a good food decision, especially when you're not used to it or when you're not confident about what's going to you know, be helpful or nutritional for your body or actually help you get closer to your long-term goals, like continue the process. So when we go ultra long on our fast, then essentially it can be a game of avoiding food-related decisions for extended periods of time. But then once I break this fast, okay, well, then what happens? So if, especially if I'm if I'm having these, you know, binge eating related behavioral processes and subconscious thoughts and things like that, they can all come rushing back as like pent up demand for this kind of stuff that I've been avoiding for, you know, maybe two days or three days or five days or 10 days or, you know, whatever the case may be. So, you know, and Kate kind of touches on this, one of our, our coaching clients finding burn days really hard. I feel like they mess with my head. I become obsessed with food. Is it possible not to do burn days, but then maybe do extended like 30 hour 36 hour fast and still have success. So I, I absolutely love this question. And yes, absolutely. It is definitely possible. I'll almost say it's preferred because then you get the opportunity to make food related decisions more often, but it doesn't necessarily feel easier, especially in the beginning or while you're having more of those emotional eating kind of, you know, thoughts coming to mind and kind of finding yourself face to face with emotional food decisions. But you can definitely build in the, insulin response that you want and the caloric deficit and have the opportunity to, to burn through long-term fat stores with a 30 or a 36 hour fast or even a like a 20 hour fast. It doesn't have to be super long. It doesn't have to be multi-day extended fast in order to get to your weight loss goals for sure. This is one of the things that I've been really empowered by and a shout out to NutriSense here. And, you know, you and I, Tommy, have shared that. I don't remember what episode recently, but it was sometime in the month of January and what we're going to be focusing on. I think it was uh, last week, if I recall, about what habits and what things we're going to be looking at for this upcoming year. Yeah. So I'm wearing a NutriSense for the next six months. And I, I was going to do 90 days. And then well, I really want to dial some stuff in because NutriSense, it's been really eye-opening because if, if we think about some of the you know things when we talk about fasting and breaking your fast and making mm -hmm. those intentional food decisions and those choices those are governed by our blood sugar they're governed by how we feel how we think yeah. in the moment how our sleep was how our stress was how our body is yeah. responding to those things in real time mm -hmm. and that is what nutrisense lets you analyze so nutrisense has cutting edge tech plus the human expertise so i've got Patrick, my guy who keeps messaging me, hey, your week looks good. What happened here? Do you remember this yeah. spike? What was going on? And we don't want the big swings. Blood sugar swings are normal. We want to be within the ideal range as much as possible, mm -hmm. which will allow us to feel those responses to the decisions we're making when it comes to food. So mm. we've got the human expertise plus the CGM, which is the continuous glucose monitor that we wear on the back of your arm. It's completely painless. Then you've got the app and the visualization and that, that habit making process of uh, going and scanning it, right? Mm -hmm. And seeing that visual change to the decisions that you're making. So it's the device that gives you the ability to track to see plus the expert guidance, right? And this is what's really allowed me to because I want to talk about discipline here in a second, but it's allowed me to stay disciplined, even on the days that I don't really feel like closing my window on time or 
getting in that cold plunge or doing that zone two Peloton workout, mm. right? Or avoiding some of the air quotes trigger foods, right? Yeah. That connect me back to the days of CrossFit Fridays with with all of the fun foods and you know adult beverages that took place after yeah. it. So dopamine Nutris Fridays. Yeah, dopamine Fridays, right? NutriSense has really allowed me to hone that in. And that's why I'm going to be continuing. So I want to encourage you, if you're looking for some real-time support and real-time feedback when it comes to this type of stuff, it's an incredible wellness tool that you can have in your tool belt. And I'm going to encourage you, go to Nutrisense.io forward slash fasting for life. You'll get a $30 off your first month and a free month of expert dietitian support. So you can try that out. And I want to encourage you to do, you know, to commit to it for a few months at a time because it's really going to play out in a way for you to be able to listen in real time to what you're feeling, the decisions you're making, and then ultimately mm -hmm. what your brain is telling you about them. So yeah. that's what I love about this question that came in is, you know, I feel like it's messing with my decisions. It's messing with my head. I don't want that obsessive food thoughts. I don't want those additional thoughts. I don't want, you know, so where are your hunger cues? Where are your cues coming from? And really diving into the why we have that feeling and then ultimately what that decision is doing to us after we've gone through with the decision, yay or nay, giving yeah. in or having discipline to say no to it. Because again, the stats show when it comes to weight loss, three years, so diets have a 95% failure rate. So how do you mm. become part of the 5%? Well, we need to establish discipline. And discipline is a finite creature. Some people have more, some people have less. Mm -hmm. So how do we stick to a fasting lifestyle and have healthier food, nutrition opportunity decisions and cleaner fast, right? Without yeah. this on or off binging type potential possibility, because we know 80% of the results from our polls are food related decisions, emotional connection to food or the fear of regain, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we do that? Well, we need to create a schedule that allows you the least amount of discipline to stay the most consistent over a long period of time. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. Like really for sustainability purposes and looking ahead, trying to get the amount of, like you talked about 260, 360, whatever the number was, food related decisions each day. So yeah. if, you, if you really like extrapolate that out and add to it and say fasting related decisions or whatever your maintenance looks like, even if, like if it was low and slow or it was caloric deficit or, you know, any, any number of more. things. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's additional decisions on top of all those food related decisions that are kind of going on subconsciously. Mm -hmm. you, you talk about decision fatigue. And it's only realistic to, to like, you don't have unlimited bandwidth. You can't effectively stick to something that's going to increase the number of decisions that you have to make like long-term for all that long. Or the I, I stress to negative yeah. feeling about the actual, like, oh man, I don't want to diet again, right? Yeah. Like, oh, Got to start over on Monday again. Ugh, right? Is that's that what you're worst. talking about? Yeah. And, and it's especially if you lost a bunch of weight and then like, here comes, right. here comes some regain. Like if I had regain and then it's frustration, but it's also like guilt that I, I did it again, or I have to do it again. I have to go through that again, which, which is very frustrating. So like that, that's absolutely what we don't want. So I don't know how many times I, I gain and lost, you know, so much weight over the years until getting consistency with my fasting. But if you think about this in a long term, manner, then it means less decisions over time. But simplicity. So, yeah, simplicity. So I can adapt. I can adapt the tools rather than like not understanding, man, it feels elusive when you say 95%. Don't keep the weight off after three years. But 
it does make sense whenever you you start thinking about the decision fatigue that would go along with like tracking all your macros and things like that. Like how how long do you really want to try to do that for? It's I mean for most people it's going to be like get out of here. Maybe 12 months. Yeah. Maybe 24 months. Maybe it's hard to see like 5 years from now like right. really dial like tracking every single meal at And that some point. people can do it, right? Sure. Some mm -hmm. people that works for some people. 5% probably. Right? Probably. Mm -hmm. But I like to say for us mere mortals, right? Yes. What is something that's going to give us more sustainability, more life, more freedom? Because we don't want, you know, aptly named fasting for life on purpose. We don't want your diet plan to become your life, carrying around a scale weight. We want it to be more intuitive, more relaxed, mm -hmm. more confident. And that comes through repetitions through fasting. So I just love that question that came through. Yes, you don't have to always be pushing for the next longest fast. We don't, that's not a long-term sustainability strategy. Yeah. A long-term sustainability strategy is what puts you just outside of your comfort zone that you can delay the gratification enough to get the benefit of fasting, not just for the scale, but for all the other health benefits that come along with it, the hormone balancing, the awareness of your hunger cues, the fact that you do have certain behaviors around foods that you might not even realize, social interactions, pressure, mm -hmm. peer pressure. Yeah you know, connections, loved one, you know, support, spousal support or lack of support or friend circles that really revolve around food and the enjoyment of food. So yeah. we want you to feel confident that you can lose the weight because we know that's what the research shows. Fasting is our deciding factor. Yes, it's a fasting podcast. We're biased. Fasting has transformed our lives <laughs> right. and thousands of other people. So we think it's the easiest vessel to get you there. Never mind all of the additional benefits. Oh, and if you have this binge eating disorder behavior, right? Which I did and didn't even realize, yeah. right? Just like I yep. was an undiagnosed pre-diabetic, I was also an undiagnosed BED, had no idea. Un unaware, yep. Unaware, doesn't matter. That's not about the diagnosis, it's about the decision. It's about yes. the fact that we need to find the least, the threshold for you that's sustainable 80% of the time, not the plan that you have to do every single day to a perfect T, mm -hmm. but the plan that allows for you to have confidence knowing that you can still enjoy life and set your timer and break your fast consistently the majority of the time. So instead of full throttle, gonna do another burn day, rolling 48s, you know, mm -hmm. 72 hour fast after 72 hour fast, well, we're not mm -hmm. getting the repetition. So that is why we love doing these challenges too. And that's why tomorrow we are doing our first one of 2024. So head to the show notes and more details, registration link, sign up for that as well. We we talk about the fasting schedules and we give you either a standard or an advanced schedule. And we're gonna take you through the steps to shift this mindset and put some awareness on the key needle movers for sustainable fasting, for a sustainable fasting lifestyle and get you off this roller coaster, help you break through that plateau, put some foundational fasting habits in place, and help to heal or repair that emotional connection or, yeah. or or start to illuminate that fear of regain that we see right tommy yeah absolutely and uh, that, that was a huge one for me I, I always had that that kind of fear of regain that would kind of keep the confidence or the the amount of hitting the gas kind of low because mm -hmm. i had regained it so many times and right. so that takes it's multifactorial to kind of rewire that but it's absolutely possible for sure. And on the flip side of Kate's question, more from the beginner side of, of starting to get into fasting would be like, hey, I've been doing 12 hour fast or I've been doing 14 or 16 hour fast, but maybe the needle's not moving just yet. And so 
kind of, like you said, pushing outside of your comfort zone, but then also finding a little bit of a sweet spot where we can get some new results and then build some new habit patterns as well is is one of the cool things that that comes along with a lot of other ahas that we hear about going mm-hmm. through the challenges. So I'm absolutely just really excited about it. And I think it's great no matter where you're coming from, like if you're a beginner or more intermediate, or if you're more of an advanced faster. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And a take home message for today in regards to this somewhat delicate topic, right? But something that we just felt called to address mm-hmm. is to shed some light on this beginning with the end in mind, because the sustainable plan for you is not the sustainable plan for somebody else. Sure. So your fasting lifestyle is going to come from your intentionality behind your fasting attempts, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning how many swings at the plate you get. So yeah, you need reps. You need reps. You need trial and error, right? It's you need reps, just like anything else, right? For you to to improve a skill or to get a desired result in any area of life, you need repetitions, you need intention, you need a plan. So when you look at fasting, fasting in essence is simple. A lot of the times it becomes, you know, the food component that makes it not so easy. Sure. Right. Yeah. Because there's unlimited food choices. Unlimited. Right. Yeah. All around us, convenience, right? Piped into every broadcast or every TV commercial or every, you know, the Hallmark calendar, the holiday calendar, all of that oh, stuff. Yeah. Billboard, um, radio ads, neon, neon yep. signs. I mean, every, everything. The hedonic value of foods, right? The affinity for and the creation of the food supply that we have, the convenience factor, those high fat, high carb foods that are the most satiating palatable, the most delightful, right? The things that we really love to overindulge in where the lower hedonic foods are like, yeah, yeah, exactly. The lower hedonic foods, like the, you know, the the salad with grilled chicken, right? It's finding that happy medium and that comes with repetition. So with that, the fasting schedules are are one of the biggest questions that we get. And if you're looking for more guidance, the challenge is coming up tomorrow. We also have our fasting blueprint, the blueprint to fasting for fat loss. I'm going to encourage you though, If you are resonating with this conversation, not more knowledge, but action is going to get you there. Mm -hmm. So we want to encourage you to take an action today or even just have an awareness today or an an aha today that this is something that is doable, that is completely within your control. And you just got to keep showing up, keep staying consistent, keep applying the fasting principles and we'll absolutely get you there, Tommy. So as we wrap up today's conversation, sir, I appreciate it as always. Happy fasting. Set those timers. We'll see you on side of, inside of the challenge and we'll talk soon. Cool. Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free fast start guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.